All right, no pressure. We're just recording everything that you're saying. <laughs> um, all right, so this is the second one of these that we've done. Do you we welcome tell. people? You can tell because it works so well. <laughs> Did anyone listen? Do you know? Has anyone heard it? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> do, do you care? I don't even think my mom listens. You know what I mean? The people that you think you can count on to be encouraging of what you do. <laughs> no, people listened. I mean, here's the cool thing. Oh, hello, everybody. This is the podcast that is called the Art Fight Club podcast. Okay. Art Fight so. Club. All right. So, um, oh, and by the way, this is shameless self-promotion. All these... Uh, racket sounds that are playing these are all weird just beats that i make at six o'clock in the oh, morning nice. for fun yeah <laughs> after 12 cups of coffee yeah uh, drop it that's right um brian drops the beats yeah okay um oh, what was i gonna say you uh the who listened yeah right so um <laughs> it was great because uh, a friend of mine who doesn't follow mixed martial arts at all or anything you know was curious to listen listen and he came up to me later, and he's like, you know, I, I Googled uh, Heather Hardy. Oh. And I was like, why? Oh, because we talked about her. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, she got, she got wrecked in that. <laughs> you know, oh, she's yeah. a boxer that has been sort of moving into mixed martial arts. And that's like, you know, you've seen this happen so many times. You know, yeah, so she, like, she did two fights, and the first fight was like a grinder, but she won. And the second fight, she got kicked in the nose <laughs> oh, man that's so because she one. was she was doing like little boxers she's like dipping out and like they she just like can't go low can't go low the elbows up so Ouch. so joe can you introduce nevis yeah so um uh i'm gonna tell a story so i was friends with a guy named chris cheney who started a business in his backyard called sawtooth print shop with his partner in crime and art and creativity nevis yule and that was when did you guys start uh, Sawtooth? This is in Nashville, Tennessee, in the oh, Inglewood that's neighborhood. Right. You were there for the yeah. opening party. Yeah, that was... and we were all eating uh, Frito pie out of yeah, a bag. Yeah, my specialty, <laughs> my Mexico specialty. Um, that was five years ago. Okay, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the Sawtooth moved to a uh, studio space uh, in East Nashville, and then you guys moved to another space that's down uh, in the fair near the fairgrounds. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, right we've on. been there a year now. Uh huh. Should we talk about printmaking and art and all that stuff and how you got into being a printmaker? Sure, yeah. And you can talk about like Nashville's print scene and stuff because clearly people from all around the world are listening to this right now. <laughs> Everyone so. in Thailand so, who after they've yeah, trained for yeah. hours, yeah, they, they want to know their about shins down <laughs> they want and to know ready about to hear about printmaking uh, in Nashville. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but there's a big printmaking scene in Nashville, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so I started, I went to school for graphic design. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, well, if I go to art school, I have to at least have something that, you know, my grandma won't be like, Nevis, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and be, you know, completely embarrassed to tell all Every, of Everyone starts with some sort of, uh, let's, I should strive towards uh, established credibility first as a pathway. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's quick to unlearn that, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, I I then realized after like really committing to graphic design and enjoying it that oh I don't love working on computers so this mm. is kind of a drag. Um, I luckily had professors that were like, hey, do it by hand, don't do it on the computers. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tweak it in the computer. But um, and then I ended up getting an internship at Hat Show Print, mm-hmm. 138 year old letterpress print shop, right? And world famous Hat world Show Print, famous. That's right. Um, and. I was there for about five years. I 
absolutely loved it. Changed my life. I realized, oh. Yeah. It's really the cornerstone of the whole print community in Nashville, isn't it? Absolutely. Everybody goes through there eventually for one reason or another. It is a another. crazy weird family. Yeah. Two of my very best friends I met there as interns when they were interns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Chris Cheney mm-hmm. there when he was an intern. Um, it's what brought me to Nashville. It's what brought a bunch of people that I know. From yeah. from where? From New Mexico. Okay. So I, weird turn of events. I My uh, dad grew up, uh, was born in Bowling Green, just north of here. Okay, yeah. And That's where I, my wife is from. Oh. Oh, okay. So I went to WKU with Brad oh. Vetter, also oh, okay. a Hat Show Print alum, if you know. Did that. you know um, Did you know her dad, um, uh, John uh, Oaks? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's so yes. funny. I don't know if we've talked about this before. We may have. Yeah. That's we really might have, funny. Yeah. Her mom was It's a, such a weird... Like, yeah. uh, my life is he was so a far removed yeah. from there. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's still painting like crazy all the time. Oh, that's so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. They're in Sedona, Arizona now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where it's... Hopefully, just hot. It's, you don't have to worry about yeah. that hot yeah. cold coming. Not as much as we do, I yeah. think. Yeah, but anyway, so so you you uh, you your father was originally from uh, Bowling Green. Yes, and my grandmother okay. was still there. Oh, okay. So you had ties to the South. Yes, it really was the kind of thing where she yeah. encouraged me to come to mm-hmm. school and ah. where she was. She's a crazy old lady who... Uh, oh, okay. That's a whole other story. My my next art project is going to be based around my relationships with my both my grandmothers, who are oh, very different people. Interesting. Um, but, uh, Let yeah. me just, again, for people who aren't familiar with the geography here, like people who uh, are in Bowling Green, which is a nice place. There's a lot of things I like yeah. about Bowling Green, but it's a pretty small college town, right? Yes. And once you've exhausted the possibilities, if you're a teenager growing up in Bowling Green or a college student in Bowling Green... Probably you spend a lot of time socially in Nashville. So Absolutely. once you're in Bowling Green, you're kind of in Nashville, really. Yeah. So exactly. you got to know Nashville while you're a student. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. And that's, I would, you know, we'd go to the Ryman, go to shows and get yeah. the posters from Hatch. And then we'd go and hang out at Hatch. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't fully understand what letterpress entailed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew after kind of after college, thinking like, yeah, I, I need more than computers mm-hmm. in but, my life. But what I've gathered too is that for you, it was it was sort of this thing that kind of happened as well because of the the windfall of certain things that came into your life. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Definitely it, want to hear more about that too. I think that's so. That's that's. Um, I, I love it when when uh, you, you when you have a, a a line on a particular direction in life, and then you just get a very clear validation of like, yep, that's exactly where I need to go. Yeah, yeah. it's. I I started uh, interning. It was eleven years ago mm-hmm. in September, and it just immediately clicked for me. I just thought this is exact. I suddenly understood math. <laughs> math made sense to me. I always thought like, well, I guess I'm just kind of a math dummy. <laughs> well, I have other things that I am gifted with. So like, well, public public school. There right, we go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. In New Mexico, one of the worst. Um, so it was the uh, just the thing that absolutely changed my life. And the one time this happened before letterpress was when I was training Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I had a bum bum a bum bum bum. We need some Thai music thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, 
<laughs> I never, I never learned the instruments. I just, I just tra- trained fighting. Um, I just think everything's gamelan. Yeah, <laughs> that should have been the name of the podcast, guys. Yeah. Next, <laughs> next one. Everything is everything's gamelan. The spinoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I had some punk, so punk is... rock buddies in high school in, in New Mexico, uh-huh. and one of them was training at a Muay Thai gym uh-huh. with a man who trained with you know a Thai master uh-huh. and he's got that lineage yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what is it about Albuquerque it seems like there's just there, a, a, a I, lot I mean, of there's nothing to do there is <laughs> that it? yeah well, I think yeah. that's a big part of it do you know, um, are you familiar with Jackson Wink gym that's down there there's a bi- a bunch of the best MMA fighters come out of that gym all um, the time no I don't I mm. didn't I wasn't involved with uh, the MMA scene and actually uh-huh. when I was training was um, oh I, I don't goodness. even know if it was open during the I don't even know right. when they began that gym but I'm just saying like from in, in if you follow like what's going on in M- MMA right now Albuquerque's like a fucking capital of it there's you know a what I lot mean? going on there yeah. and I don't know if you know I've heard of Tate Fletcher that he um, he's actually he's an actor but he, he's um, maybe I just know him like a celebrity name. Maybe. Um, even if I had never heard his voice and you said that, I would assume Tate he was a Fletcher, celebrity. Right. I'm Tate Fletcher. <laughs> wow. You might remember me from such films as. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I have a computer in front of me and no one else does. But, uh, <laughs> I have, but it, it looks to me like he's an actor that was born in July of 71, <laughs> six foot three. Uh-huh. Um, he looks like you don't want to fuck with him. He really does. Can I say, can I say the F word? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can swear. Oh, no. Yeah. No, Tate Fletcher. Yeah. He's like Centurion number four. <laughs> yeah. so he's, a, he's an amazing stunt guy. He's just uh-huh. a really rad guy. But uh, he started a gym in Santa Fe. Uh-huh. And uh, before he was on. It was, was it specifically a Muay Thai gym? He does Muay Thai. He does. Uh, I think they do a lot of. Um, Oh, what's the crazy weightlifting cult that I... Why am I... Oh, like CrossFit? CrossFit. Okay, yeah. Um, I've never done that. <laughs> crazy. I'm sure, I'm sure it. it's fine. Well, you and Isn't I was having a perfect description. Same, yeah. Same, yeah. <laughs> you're like insane and you're lifting weights. <laughs> they, they've got I'm f- not saying I wouldn't do it if I <laughs> yeah. had the disposable income. Yeah. But, <laughs> totally like a little bit of an aside. I really think that people that are into... This is going a little bit weird, but if there's some way to combine like sort of ontological anarchy with CrossFit (laughs) to start creating these happenings and sort of poetic terrorist events and things. They're already halfway doing that. It's like, why is that guy jogging around the block again? Like, like, I'm just trying to sit here and have a beer. Yeah. You know, like there's just, why is he pulling that tire on a chain? (laughs) So someone in trouble, (laughs) there just needs to be like, is he running from? (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) so yeah, whatever the cult is like, they just need a little, little bit more of a, a whimsy yeah they do some can- <laughs> and some incense and candles and you're good a little bit of window decoration right <laughs> there's some wind chimes yeah gambelon music <laughs> so all right so so muay thai albuquerque and how old were you then when you started uh i had just broken up with a horrible boyfriend mm. and my punk rock friend was like oh well then you should probably come train yeah. and i was like oh yeah, actually, that sounds like exactly what I need to uh-huh. do. And so it just... And, and so for the... But how old were you? 19. 19, okay. 
Yeah, see, that's a great age to get into sort of uh, ill-advised things that have dire consequences. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's great. Oh. Um, your frontal lobe hasn't even formed yet. Like, no, like no it won't, I won't be damaging it. It's not there yet. I, I don't, how, how can I think of this? You can't together. I don't even know what consequences are, actually. Um, but, but I guess my, uh, my question or, or thought about it is, uh, you know, it... Okay, a lot of people do get into fighting as a sort of a a reaction. I would imagine I've mm-hmm. heard this a lot. You know, some, sure. from people a life thing or right. an escape or, or or things like that. The classic bully story, right? Yeah, and also I just realized that I should have done that a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, so uh, but I guess I'm just curious. Like, so w- when you got into it, was it something where it was like a kind of a I'm just going to do this on a whim? Or were you immediately, like, were you intimidated to sort of get into it because you realized there's this lineage and discipline and tradition and it seems like, oh, I'm just here to kind of get some angst out or? I, I was, I was working at Girls Incorporated, a girls summer camp. Mm. And so I was feeling very empowered, Mm -hmm. helping girls, helping girls become stronger, smarter, bolder was my motto. And I I thought (laughs) I was surrounded by other young women who also a couple of them also had had recent breakups Mm. and there was they had in addition to the technique classes which are really incredible and Mm. and intimidating they had just cardio kickboxing and cardio boxing right and i thought okay i let's just do this i i like moving my body let's do this Mm -hmm. so the three of us went and we then went home and the next day, we all crawled into work <laughs> on our hands and knees, yeah. just like feeling more muscles in our body than we ever knew we had. Right. And that was it for me. And I think they went a couple more times, but I just yeah. was like, this is amazing. Kicking a heavy bag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you've never kicked a head, oh my God, I'm going to start crying. It is, <laughs> it is a joy that, I mean maybe it's kicking a heavy bag for the first time and realizing my power and my huge calves that I always thought were a curse as a, you know, a girl wanting to, to have cute them. legs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, they have no purpose. I have my dad's huge calves. But I, I, it was like one of those times where, like, oh, it's all come together. Yeah. This is, every cell in my body was like, oh, now we know why we're here. <laughs> yeah. It just That's was great. like magic. And yeah. luckily the people there, there was um, a couple that ran it and the woman was older and she'd had some horrible, you know, relationship situations. And she was really encouraging. They both took me under their wing and said, we, you, we really, you're, this is great to do the cardio stuff, but we really think you need to train technique classes. So mm. Luckily, I had someone who saw in me like, oh, no, I think she can actually do more than just, yeah. you know, kick kick to like a Madonna song or right. something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which still sounds awesome. I mean, it's really <laughs> yeah. can be really great. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so then doing the technique classes, it was just another one of those things where it really just clicked. It was mm. I always loved dancing. So there's an element of the choreography yeah. to it. Um, just naturally the way your body moves as you're you know just oh this is a very obvious next move that my body's gonna make yeah if you're dancing you might have that same uh, kind of thing but did you did you train as a dancer or anything like that or you just I did about... ballet as a kid okay yeah yeah I, did you do other sports too 
Yeah, I, I forget that I did, but uh-huh. I, I played soccer as a kid. I. But you were somewhat I athletic. You weren't. Yeah, I you, played. You weren't. You know, estranged oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. being. It wasn't active. like I was a yeah. little winkling nerd, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, I kicked the bag. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I also I played hockey, ice hockey, on a team with all. I think I was one of two. Oh, you played three ice hockey. I. <laughs> I just did I, not... mention, did I mention the ice hockey? <laughs> <laughs> so the first, the first game I played, I was smashed up against yeah. the, the glass, and I just yeah. slid down like a cartoon. So Heather I'm... Joe Clark, also MMA fighter, um, she also was a big uh, ice hockey person. Oh, so oh, that's really? awesome! Yeah. So now you're the second sort of yeah. female sort of uh, fighter slash. Right. Um, what, do you, what do you call the person that just takes everybody out? Enforcer. Enforcer. <laughs> I don't know if I was the enforcer. Now, know. if you could have sort of imagine going uh, play hockey for a good while, get the game down, then go train Muay Thai, then go yeah. back to hockey. Oh, Speaking yeah. of which, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a um, there's this thing. I think it comes like kind of strictly out of MMA, but there's a thing they do called a Superman punch, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The flying. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah, for I, people on the radio. No good who don't know what this is essentially it's just a flying punch there's more to it than that but that's what it is but but speaking of hockey it was like about two weeks ago all of a sudden these guys got into a brawl in a hockey game and one of the guys literally on his skates like skipped on the ice and threw a superman punch at this guy i swear to god look up ice hockey superman punch and then the whole the whole like everybody the whole mma twitter world was like dana white everybody is like retweeting this thing and just like they're all just like look at that shit like everybody's like nobody could believe that this guy did a superman punch on the wow. ice but he did it he did it pretty well <laughs> i'm sure they're you know yeah. training and boxing that's a, it's a big part of this podcast is all about you know dividing the lines between art and martial arts between martial arts and ice hockey yeah. you know no barriers yeah. <laughs> I, I i feel like martial arts are connected to everything there's so many um I don't know. It it really was the thing for me that suddenly I was like, oh, I'm really fucking good at this. My mm. body. It's powerful. It's like yeah. the most powerful. And obviously I'm not in the same shape that I was, but I would get up at six in the morning. I was also going to like punk rock raves the night before right. and like <laughs> dancing all night long. And then I'd wake up at six in the morning to, I, it was what I had to do. Mm. You know, my, my kun crew said, you're training and you're running every day and you're doing sit-ups. I would run for half an hour. I would come home. I would do a thousand sit-ups. Yeah. I looked like a female bodybuilder. I yeah. was always the chubby kid. I never thought that I, my body could even do that. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was sparring <laughs> for an hour. Then I was doing technique classes. And uh, it, it was just, it was crazy. And I, it was I was so fulfilled. It mm-hmm. was so gratifying. Um, and this, I was also doing art classes on the mm-hmm. side. So I was like, you know, I was very young and I was like, eh, I'll take a few classes yeah. in a community college. And um, So those things probably seemed kind of disparate to you at the time or, or different, totally different modes. But perhaps later on you started to realize, oh, there's some connectedness to all this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think I felt the connectedness early on. I mean, there is so much art, especially in Muay Thai. Mm. You know, there's before you you get into the ring and you do a whole dance mm-hmm. that is about it your might, respect we, have, we actually haven't even really explained what muay thai oh. is to anybody that might Doesn't not know. even yeah. know yeah, yeah. um 
perhaps you can you can enlighten us. So it's kickboxing, but mm-hmm. it's um, okay. We're done. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a style of kickboxing that came out of Thailand. So yes. that's Muay Thai, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there is deeply a whole rooted, yeah. long history yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was you know kind of knife fight, dance fighting. Yeah. But um, very dance. Mm-hmm. Influenced, uh, and you're, um, and basically you could punch, you can kick, you can knee, you can elbow, yes. you can trip people down, knock them yes. down, but you don't fight on the ground. Exactly, and there's no headbutts. Yes, and that's there's another kind where you can actually you wrap your hands with the ropes and then you headbutt each other. Oh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, Next week on our <laughs> <Fight> podcast, <laughs> I think um, I'm pretty sure I've that's seen people do that. In, I'm pretty sure I've seen people do that in line at Walmart. Yeah, it's called Black Friday, Joe. Next question. <laughs> it's coming up, so you people better get training. Black Friday. See, so I'm the odd man out because I've never trained anything, right? Mm-hmm. So that's it's it's a very interesting position. Do you want to? Well, okay. Here's the reality. Now I'm like, hey, we I, can I, train. I sent, yeah. I, sent no, no. The, I sent in the link to the to the uh, the YMCA. Oh. Uh, you know. So here's the thing. What's, what's, what's going for me in that direction is that I'm full of rage. <laughs> what's What's working against me in 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 that uh, direction is that I'm 45 years old. Yeah. Oh. But, no, no, no. Don't, but don't let that. A friend of mine uh, uh, that I work with. Um, he's uh we, we were talking and he said you know and this is this is big dreams right he was like in april <laughs> in april we should just take jujitsu for a month and we'll just do it like three nights a week and, and i started to realize like that's actually totally the thing to do is just go okay this is going to be for a brief period of time and then i and then i can take another do another thing Another, you know, it's not like I'm getting on one track and going. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, just screw but it. I, I really want to to punch and kick and elbow. Mm-hmm. I really want to do all those things. Uh-huh. I have um, what is the what a kinesthetic awareness is uh-huh. a thing, right? Yeah. I feel like I have, like I'm I'm good with balance and physical things. And I grew up playing a lot of whatever soccer and various sports, right? Balance skateboarding and yeah. you know things that took you're body right, awareness. I've done you're some skydiving there. where you had to really understand like your body position in pretty Holy intense cow. ways and like literally jumped off a plane skydiving. Yeah, so you have huge totally balls. unsanctioned. <laughs> I've done some unsanctioned skydiving. <laughs> no, um, no, but I, 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 I took. A, but here's my thing: is that whenever I've taken on anything new, or especially if it's slightly perilous like that, mm-hmm. I go full. And mm. and this is with everything. So for, obsession. Here, yeah. So here's here's the first example. <laughs> the first example is jo- Joe and I talking about we should do a podcast. <laughs> and, and here then, we are. And then like three weeks later, I'm like, I got all the mics, I got all the things. <laughs> it's all set up. When are we doing this? Yeah. Like I just once I make a turn, it's yeah. just it's on, and I just do those things. So mm-hmm. skydiving, I went right into the advanced free fall. Oh my god! Um, no. Course, you know, because my thing was I am. I wanted to do it because I was afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of like, how can I stare? That's that why I don't want to challenge. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I wanted to stare that challenge right in the face, you wow. know? So, but, but I thought about, okay, what are, what are my options? Well, you can go and get, you know, introduced to it like everybody else does where you jump tandem with uh-huh. somebody. And I'm just thinking, I am not going to strap myself to some hungover dude <laughs> who, who's pissed that he didn't get like the hot girl next to me or whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, and I realized very quickly it's about control. And so there's another option. It's, uh, it, uh I think they call it advanced free fall. It's AFF, whatever it is. And, um, so I did that and basically you go into the hardcore training right away 
you know, uh, and the guy that uh, coached me or whatever was like sort of a uh, drill sergeant of past some era yeah. military kind of guy. And it was like, okay, this is serious shit. Like mm-hmm. this is, and so, you know, you would do things like just, you'd be there, like just be a bench. And then he would, <laughs> you've already been trained on all these different aerial photographs of being able to, they have all these photographs of like different parachute malfunctions. <laughs> and then you're laying on the bench and you're having to be in the arch position like this. And you're sort of torquing yourself. And then the guy's like, you know, all right, you know, malfunction. And then you look up and you have to identify like sort of what it is and, <laughs> oh. and then what the path of what, you know, what is your emergency procedure? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's different tactics that you would go through. If it's uh, like called a, I think it's called a line over. Like if the bag has a line over it, then that's something you might want to try to salvage by moving the lines around or doing various things where there's others where it's, if it's a total bag lock and the parachute's not coming out, <laughs> then you want to cut away, you know? Yeah. And so you've never even done this before, and you're having to, like, make all these... You get trained on all those quick decisions, and then the thing that you do is you go, I jumped... Uh, so my first jump, you jump out with two coaches, but they're not strapped to you or anything. Yeah. And they just put, like, a walkie-talkie on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, like... You have, like, you have like criteria that you have to follow because each one is a series of tests. So the first one, you know, you do a certain... Uh, you complete these certain actions and the coaches are they're holding on to you because you don't know how to fly yet but they're not strapped to you yeah. but then once you wave off and pull it like you know so i jumped from thirteen thousand five hundred feet mm-hmm. so here i am i've never been under a parachute in my life uh-huh. but you know when you get to the point where you wave off and pull it at like whatever fifty five hundred feet you wave off the coaches fly away from you and then you pull and then, and, they, <laughs> and here's the thing too: is that, aren't you back? Aren't you back? <laughs> so there's certain. Th- so here's the, and actually, this is kind of this can probably tie back to fighting in some way because <laughs> I'm sure that the, there's something when, when when the consequences of what you're doing are so dire and so crazy, I everything moves fast and you got to find ways to sort of slow it down and be in a little bit more of a, a zen type of place. Mm-hmm. So they they tell you when you pull, count to five. And then if, if the chute hasn't fully opened at that point, then you need to start looking up and understanding what's happening and, and go through any identification of what's the happening, you know, and then mm. do the whatever. So I, you know, you're, you're falling through the sky terminal velocity, you know, <laughs> you've never done this before. And now you're going to have to land yourself. Uh. You wave off and you pull and then you, you, you pull the thing and you're like, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. What? <laughs> you think you're doing it so slow. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, anyway, so, you know, I'm still here, so I did okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, did, I, I didn't get all the way through the program just because it was very expensive and mm-hmm. time, whatever. And, uh, but I did it three, four jumps, all from about 13, wow. five, and, you know, 60 seconds of free fall. I passed all the tests. I still have my little log books and all that <laughs> stuff. I can go back and resume anytime, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> But it was awesome, you know, and it's like, so, so certain things like, oh, well, so final note on my skydiving. I'm still afraid of heights. I realize that <laughs> I realize that it has nothing to do with heights. It's about the implications. Um, I don't like getting on ladders because I know that I'll break my arm if I fall off right. or whatever, break my collarbone or something. I'm afraid of being maimed. Mm. Dying, no problem. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, I just don't, don't care at all. I just don't want to feel anything. <laughs> yeah. So it, it helped nothing, and and then maybe. But you learned. You did learn that. I did learn something. So, but anyway, but I guess to to get into the, you know, so uh, I definitely want to make that turn. And I did. I did some uh, looking around at some jujitsu possibilities a couple of years ago, and and actually got down to the gym, did the paperwork and all the thing. But there was just something about the vibe of yeah. what was going on where I was like. 
like I, I need I, kind of like what you had as a as a young woman. You know, you had you, people mm-hmm. that just recognized that you could benefit from some guidance or encouragement or somebody right. to kind of bring you in. I just wasn't getting that feel. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you say that. I never, I did a little bit of jujitsu. Um, I think it was, jujitsu is so much more about um, holding mm-hmm. and um, stamina. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you're not striking. It's position. You're, yeah, and it's like muscle stamina, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen like, a jiu-jitsu match goes so long. Mm-hmm. And um, actually one of my friends was in a match and he just had this guy in a lock and he was almost like this, like wasn't quite with his like headlock with his hand under his chin, but it was like, he was kind of just chilling out. And yeah. he was just like, I just got to hold this till yeah. he loosens this and I can move that over there. And right. yeah. uh, he looks out to the, uh, you know, people watching and he says, you guys might want to grab a sandwich. I think we'll be here a while. I'm like, I was joking, but also like, yeah. it's true. You'll yeah. just be, you know, it's not as, I don't know. Immediate. Dynamic, yeah. you know, s- strikes and. Yeah. So maybe it's, maybe it's also just the context because there's different rule sets and different promotions right. and different, too. you know. Yeah. And because I think, what are they doing now? They have a, I think it's. I think Eddie Bravo has a thing now where it's like uh, there palm strikes. Yeah, there's palm, oh yeah. okay strikes on the ground. I think is what it is. You can't so punch somebody in the face to get them down, but once you're on the ground, oh, you can do palm strikes. Uh, and it's like designed to sort of. He, I saw a thing where a video where he's talking about. And he's like trying to make. He kept using the phrase "honest jujitsu," meaning like something you could actually use if you were in a bit more of a chaotic situation mm-hmm. where it's not. You know, you're not. If you're getting mugged, you can't be like, "Sir, yeah. I'm gonna need you to put on this gi." Yeah, you're not hemmed in. <laughs> by the rules and the gi and all that I, stuff. My collar like, chokes are nothing. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I so, sir, please put the gun down. Put the gi on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. you've tapped out. Yeah, so, so but we'll see. I don't, I've never actually seen any combat jujitsu uh, mm. matches, right? But they're but they're coming up soon because he's talking about them on YouTube right now. So if you're interested, I think it's also I think it's also interesting. I just I mean, so that's the thing too is whether you practice it or not. There's, I, just, I just feel like there's an endless amount of things to derive from it. And what we were talking about, uh, I guess, last week, you know, I've had you know, any conversations I've ever had with any fighters, especially, you know, active, professional. It's like, man, these are some of the most committed, dedicated, uh, centered, uh, Absolutely. deeply impressive human beings. And it's not about whatever they're, you know, how much history they know or this or other, you know, but at the same time, man, these are some very smart people. And to be that smart, not only in just in your mind, but to translate that to the body and to do both at the same time, all that intelligence happening at the same time. I'm just no. so impressed, endlessly impressed. And, yeah. um, and all, every fighter I've ever talked to, they've got some other, you know, that was sort of part of what I think led us to this, you know, too, because we're, we'll have some fighters in here uh, that are active competing fighters. And it's like. They all have other things that they that they're compelled to do, also, sure, you know. Yeah. And and so I, I just love all sides of it. Um, but uh, but yeah. So in terms of uh, getting back to uh, print making, yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, you know, you 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 came up through Hat Show Print, and anybody that doesn't know, like, Hat Show Print is is like the Coca Cola of letterpress or something, right? Like it's so preeminent, isn't right. it? Right. I I think at this point it really is. Yeah. And and, and you, people think it's the only place left doing letterpress, which right. is absolutely not true. But right. it, it is. It's the one that everybody knows, and 
Yeah. If and you know letterpress, you know Hatch. Got it. And then, and you were there before they were sort of, because now they're in that kind of fishbowl thing in the in the hotel or right. whatever. Yeah, they're between the Omni and yeah. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it's like the you, country music. You can go see how the how the donuts get made or, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then, um, but you were, pro- so you were at the the previous I was, on Broadway. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's now it's Tin Roof Honky Tonk. Uh-huh. But it was uh, a gnarly old print shop. Yeah. And uh, they've been, I think they moved 11. Creaky old floor. <laughs> just crazy. So you, so you've, so you're, it seems like you have certainly a, a predisposition to the tactile and to, the, yes. And your, your need, uh, we were also talking about sort of flow state sort of last week and about how one of the things I learned about what are the ingredients of that to get there is, um, is feedback. And that's just something, Absolutely. you know, people just think, oh, I was in the zone. I was like, no, no, why were you in the zone? And the reason why is because you had something you were working against. And I think that it's so hard to derive that kind of feedback when you're so mediated from the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it makes total sense that you're, you're, you, you need physicality Absolutely. in all these things. Uh, it's very cool. I don't know that I fully put that together before, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, I prefer to do physical things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's and increasingly, it's just, I mean, all, all things are becoming, uh, so obfuscated, all experience, mm. oh, yeah. you know, and so, you know, and with the, you know, you look at like what's happening with vinyl, you know, or you look at least mm-hmm. all the, 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 the young ones now are, so starved for any semblance of a, a tactile experience, mm-hmm. whether Absolutely. they realize it or not. Yeah, they don't know what it's like to lay down and read the liner notes while you listen to the album. Yeah, oh yeah. man, there's. That's like, <laughs> I, I, I think that's why I was going to say. I think that's why, like in Nashville, I think we are lucky because there are people who do want to buy the vinyl and read the liner notes oh, and yeah. sit down and do that. This is a and special place for that. For yeah, sure. and for like the letterpress, obviously, you know, like because because there's a number. I mean, hatches here, and obviously, again, known throughout the world. And if anybody is familiar with that stuff, but then there's like you guys and other places here in town where it's like we, the community at large, certainly the arts community for sure. But, you know, beyond that, just regular folks, you know, understand the value of like, I'm going to have my wedding invitations printed up by, you know, this letterpress print shop and they're going to be one of a kind, beautiful hand printed pieces of our memory of our special day and all that kind of stuff. So I think we're, we're pretty lucky to live in a place where that's that the craft that, means something it does it does it really, it does. really and, does and people yeah. people here appreciate that which is nice because there's other places where that not so much you know so if you came up with you know sort of in the, in the hatch experience mm-hmm. and then uh and then you were uh, moving on to creating sawtooth how did you reconcile sort of your your experience thus far up to that to then go out on your own do your own thing and then figure out where am i where where are we going to be because it's not just you right it's right yeah, yeah it's uh, so like yeah so like where where are we how are we going to uh differentiate yeah you know, how are we going to be right. different but in an authentic way but at the same time still be totally capable of because here's the thing if anybody you know if you want to get a hat show print you better plan ahead because it's, mm-hmm. you, you need what they, their lead time weeks right yeah. now. Yeah. And that's, and it's been 10 weeks. Yeah. I was going to say it can easily years, be three, so. three months, four months even. Right. Which is funny. Cause that's about what it takes to get a, a record made too. Mm-hmm. Um, they should, it's, it's a 90 day town. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> 
but um but i guess you know so for you i can see obviously there's if if you can i mean it's i don't mean for it to sound sort of reductive but even just as an entrance uh when you guys were probably sort of breaking out it's like there's so many people that are starved for this that don't have the ability to plan that far ahead or want something a little bit different um so how did you how did you kind of work out where you were going to be sort of similar yet different like because i would feel like probably hyper i would i would probably have a hyper tendency to be like no we're nothing this is not don't even mention hatch in here okay <laughs> this is solitude right so. right i um luckily we were still really good friends with everyone over there yeah and okay i take it all back <laughs> we we had mentioned hey we're thinking of doing this and we even went to our old manager and the woman who he was training who is now the manager and said, hey, can we talk to you about this? Kind of to get their blessing, really. Yeah. And they were like, this sounds great. You know, really think about it. Move slowly. Mm-hmm. We started in my partner Chris's backyard. So it was really, you know, no stakes, really. And I had acquired some type and he had a press. And it really it just, it's like you were saying, it just happened. It just came together. So cool. And... They said, oh, that's great. You really should do it. And we're going to let us know when you're ready because we're going to start sending people to you because we are no longer going to do personal jobs. So they were so uh, busy with all the other stuff. Yeah, you know, glad, they do every run Glad job. to have somebody to sub-contract sub, uh, to. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, so take me through, take us through uh, sort of idea to physical object that is complete. Like, you know, I'm always interested to understand the process and not even necessarily... I mean, I understand that you're the basics of it, yeah. But but I'm also just interested in sort of the the how how your your it's. I understand that it's physical things being done here in terms of printing, but I'm also just interested in sort of how your mind takes, like, how do you get the inspiration to you know do the things that are sort of on your like, as opposed to taking orders from people, right? Like, right. Like the things that are actually your sort of more expressive use of that. You know, I'm curious to understand sort of how 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 that manifests. Like, walk me through that. Yeah, I, I, well, we've, um, we've been doing, uh, something we've been passionate about the last year is, uh, protest posters. I don't know, not to get political, but there's... This is perfect, perfect segue. Okay, all right. Um, so, (laughs) we have been doing a lot of postcards that we're providing for people to send to their political representatives that's great and there's been a lot of curse words and it's oh, really just so been give me, like what, what, give me some good ones um <laughs> fuck your wall that's <laughs> so good um <laughs> what did Chris did one that just says fuck no <laughs> exclamation point so good um no wall no ban uh I remember. Fuck your band. Fuck your band. <laughs> fuck your wall. Um, I don't. You know all, all of the things that yeah. we were angry about, and then yeah. we thought, oh, maybe we should have some others. That yeah. so you're, you know, so if someone's grandma wants to send something to their representative. Yeah. Maybe we should have. I don't some care other. for this wall, sir. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck your, no fuck th- your grandmother's no birthday. Th- <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. So so with movable type and everything as being a, a sort of a this is media that, that degrades over time and use so you're probably you're always running out of F's it sounds like <laughs> well no that's the thing is that's another part of it is you have to really take care of the stuff it's yeah. I mean some of the stuff we have is I don't know maybe not quite a hundred years old but it was definitely created 
at least 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, when you are not using your proper technique, Mm -hmm. proper technique, whether it's Muay Thai or letterpress, Mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. I've always been a stickler. (laughs) I realize that I am a little bit of a control enthusiast. (laughs) I learned that term recently. Enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Better than freak, right? Control freak. Um, so yeah, you, you, you need to really be aware when you're, once you get to the part where you're printing, there's so much pressure, pressure on the press that if you, you can absolutely crush the hell out of the, you know, these tiny wood letters. So, um, that's another part of it that I love that really it's that same thing of, oh, if I don't get my elbow, my elbow in the right spot when I'm Mm -hmm. blocking, or if my knee isn't up, I'm going to take that kick it's someplace else and mm-hmm. i mean it's to me very similar uh-huh. kind that's of interesting thing. yeah um i was gonna say didn't you guys do i don't i i remember it but i don't remember the specifics so be be specific about it because it was it was something else but when you guys were in the east nashville location one of the like toward the end of your run there before essentially you got pushed out by development basically is yeah. what happened that whole building got emptied of, of all everybody who was leasing um uh, you made a poster for Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yeah, and that was that was a big deal. So tell us about that. That was, and that was pre-Trump election and everything else. That was just it you was. Were, you were just like already using the poster for you know that sort of context. Yes. In fact, we made it the morning. Maybe it was the day before. We knew that the protest was happening downtown. Mm-hmm. It was the Philando. Castile and uh-huh. I can't remember the other man who was murdered. Um, it was a Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. One of our good friends has an adopted brother who's a young black man. And I knew she was going and I thought, oh, I would like to go. It's not something that I feel comfortable taking my seven-year-old with me to. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go, but I wanted to at least provide something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... This was before Trump, but man, it has carried over sure. that feeling of what can we do? Well, we have a press. Mm-hmm. That's something that we can do. It's a powerful thing. It's an easy thing for us to do. Mm. I don't have a lot of money that I could give to the organization, but I can absolutely uh, make some posters. So Chris made a design. We had interns um, crank them out for us, and we sent them with our friend down to people who were protesting and they were available there and then the ones that we had left over we made available for people to purchase ten dollars a piece mm-hmm. and the proceeds everything went to the black lives matter organization uh, and what was the, the design like? chapter it was a bunch of star bars mm-hmm. that's funny we call them star bars um stars and bars yeah yeah mm-hmm. but they were so it was all black just a bunch of stripes mm-hmm. with I've stars through a lot of them and yeah. it just very bold at the bottom says black lives matter yeah and it was a really striking poster yeah we just wanted it to be, I feel like there's it, there's so many misconceptions about it. People don't understand what it means, especially in the South. Mm-hmm. And as someone who looks like a white person, but was raised by a Hispanic mother in mm-hmm. a Hispanic community, mm-hmm. and very much identifies with you know the otherness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, people of color, mm-hmm. um, it just meant a lot to me to. And Chris also to be able to provide something, mm-hmm. um, something beautiful for something that people just don't understand yeah. how important it is and yeah. how much, how negatively it affects everybody. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to, um, so I'm, you know, all transparency. I am 
I, I am deeply sensitive and aware of a lot of these sort of uh, problems mm-hmm. that have precipitated, you know, black lives matter and all of these things. Um, but you know, uh, even before that had really taken hold, like, so I went, you know, people wondered, they're like, why are you doing like this when Ferguson happened? Yes. I just went, I, I understand that feeling. I was like, I don't know what I can do, but I know that there's a lot of people that I know or that are in my network or in my social media network or whatever it is that, um, you know, cause that was before the, it felt, I mean, it was definitely a, a culmination uh, mm-hmm. ultimately, but in terms of media, it hadn't hit that sort of, uh, that was sort of the thing that, that was sort of the, the beginning of the yes. record that started skipping over and over and over again, at least in people's consciousness now, even though none of this is new, <clears throat> but I went down there, uh, just because I, w- I was pretty like, what are you going to do down there? I'm like, I don't know, but I have a, I'm a pretty decent photographer mm-hmm. And I'm going to go down there and just document what I see Absolutely. And, and, and just feel it and experience it so that I can then come back and perhaps have conversations with people about what I witnessed. This is not a, you know, and, uh, and man, it was, it was, you know, it was me and, uh, and two friends of mine, uh, who are both, both black. I'm the only, so, uh, here I am, you know, we go down to Ferguson. It's a scene. It's not, you know they were they were so they were funny they were like you realize that we were what we had your back like sort of you know they were because i would be sort of buried in a a lens or sort of walking around and and like later on they'd be like yeah you because i was i I mean i was right face was in that i was right there you know um but it was cool you know i'm not not, um i'm not an activist uh but i ended up you know spontaneously there was uh there was an NAACP march that happened and i i got to see people pleading with the governor about what are we you know i mean real up close i mean i was standing i I got to stand exactly in the spot where all this happened and really get a sense of the the physics of just the area and the space and seeing all the things going on and um and then you know my thought was at the very least i'm gonna go down there and just put some money into that community you Mm -hmm. know like as a almost like a weird sort of tourist or something right so i'm going down there uh there was a famous barbecue shop right there on the corner called um reds mm. and it had been all the windows blown out it was it had been fire hosed from all the fires oh, and everything okay. so it was just like drent and so they were just cooking outside it was 108 degrees or something when mm. we were there yeah it was brutal hot but they were out there cooking up you know turkey legs and all this we got it and then they basically had a what they called a cooling station basically had some window units shoved inside the, the, what was just left of the restaurant and we just went in there and sat in these ruins fresh ruins of mm. of absolute societal chaos mm-hmm. eating turkey legs and just kind of being like wow you know like this is really intense but anyway without getting into that whole sort of story i guess like i i had an amazing experience that was truly life-changing and it was something where no one there was nothing i could do manifestly so i totally understand sort of that and it's not even about sides or or anything you know it's it's just about human beings are are going through this thing this is happening and it's of concern and i want to go understand it more absolutely Mm -hmm. i i wish more people felt that way yeah um but that's you know what a great way to you know you don't call yourself an activist but that's to me, that's an amazing way to dip your toe in and, 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 you know, you're, 
maybe physically you aren't you aren't fighting, but that is such an incredible way to fight just even the ignorance of other people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, and yeah. that's we cool. I, sh- I shared all the photographs. And everybody was like, wait, what's going too. on? Like, yeah, because I think a lot of yeah. times too that those, those things end up being so, like you said earlier, I think it ends up so mediated that, you know, then that's where the whole like, you know, fake news whole thing takes right. hold because every, because nobody knows if they can trust what they're seeing on the news or whatever. Yeah. And da, da, da. Well, that was, you that know? was part of it too, because yeah. now we're in this kind of, there's, there's ground level journalists that are doing a new breed of journalism and they're live casting all these things from their phone and all, right. you know, and so I was, I was, you know, when, when Ferguson was happening, I was, I was looking at the news and then looking at actually what was happening on the ground. Mm-hmm. I was able to, uh, the, 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 uh, chief Belmar, who's the chief of police there in Ferguson, mm-hmm. I saw on on one of these kind of rogue uh, sort of cameras. I saw them actually saw them get uh, tell media and some people that were embedded there to to leave uh, because they didn't want essentially the truth of what was going on to be seen. And I and I saw it happen mm-hmm. on a, like a rogue live stream. Mm-hmm. Here I am, like the day later or whatever it was. I go down there. And the next thing I know, here I am standing in front of Chief Belmar mm-hmm. and I'm able to sit there and tell him, I'm like, so what, what happened with that? Because you told, you know, and he was giving me this whole party line. I was like, no, no, I saw, like, I saw it, you know, mm-hmm. I was able to actually go down and press the chief of police right then and there. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest thing because when, when you see these things happening, you feel so, it feels like the other, it feels like, that, that, well, that's not happening on my neighborhood. I feel bad and I really want this cause to go well or yeah. you know to fight this or whatever you know, I'm not supporting anything you know but it just feels alien to people yeah but man like I just have this thing where it's, when things happen if they're within re- I think I have a journalist you know sort of yeah. a, a rogue journalist inside me that's yeah. like a merged with a more sensible sort of artist in terms of personal safety but <laughs> uh, but I mean but I just you know I mean people were like what I wanted to do also is to say you can go down there too Mm-hmm. Like it's just a place, right? Mm-hmm. Just go down there. And so when people saw me taking you know time to go drive three or four hours in a day to come, I came right back. I was there mm-hmm. for the whole day and the end of the evening came back at night mm-hmm. and had all these photos and shared them. And people were like, what the hell? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is real. It's happening right over here. You can go check it out. Yeah. Right. And it's you, not it, just on TV. Yeah. This is a go real feel thing. it. Go see real it. People. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and feel that vibe yeah. on the street of actually really what's happening man super super enlightening experience um but all that being said you know i feel like all these a lot of these groups and a lot of these things i feel like stuff's just kind of gotten you know i think things now are at a place of such utter polarity that i don't even know what anything is anymore i don't Mm. everybody is to me it's almost like everybody's a fascist or something Mm. it's like (laughs) nobody wants to have a meaningful conversation Mm. and that that's actually another reason why we're doing this you know this this podcast because even if we're just talking about martial arts and art and, and the struggles in those things, if we can have long form open-ended conversations about that and people like that, then perhaps people will get more into long form conversations mm-hmm. and be 
inspired to potentially have more of them themselves and get better at what I want to do is get better at the art of, of, mm. of interacting with people and conversation. Mm. And that being said, now I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Sometimes the best thing to do is to just listen, Brian. <laughs> so, all right, you guys, I'm going to turn my mic off. You guys go ahead. I do, I do think though, I do I, back to what you're saying. I do think, I, I mean, I think all that is cool. And you're reminding me that you did that project. Um, and I do think there's value to documenting things like that with photography that then you can put in people's hands, especially because of the way you can distribute photography nowadays, obviously, to everybody so you know on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, but it reminded me today, um, uh, I mean, and also, like, so you reminded me of that and, and you being here reminded me of the poster project you guys did for Black Lives Matter. But I was thinking about you today, Nieves, Nieves, because the other day when we spoke on the phone, you said something. And then today I was at the Frist Center, which if you're not in Nashville, that's like our um, it's not a museum in the sense that it doesn't have a collection, but it's the it's the place that has all the big art exhibits in town. Right. So there's a a big historical art exhibit there, uh, uh, sort of looking back at 100 years since the First World War. And um, I was just, I hadn't seen that show yet. I was actually there for the opening of another show, but I just took a second to kind of run through everything while I was there. So I walked through the, uh, the um, uh, uh, World War I show, and uh, one thing that was cool is there was some, um, is his name George Bellows, I think is his name. He's the guy who did the famous photo of Jack Dempsey knocking out uh, Frippo, Firpo, uh, right? Where he's like, you see him knocking the guy out of the ring, and he did these really painterly like scenes of like, working class life in New York, you know, back at the, you know, early 20th century, right? Mm -hmm. Ash can style stuff, you know, just laundry lines and Mm -hmm. bars and, and prize fights and things like this. But I learned today that he also did these, uh, that he also did these, uh, world war one paintings that were weird because he would basically just take reports he had heard about like German atrocities. And then he would sort of paint these, ah. paint these images, paint these scenes that, that he was imagining. And, and to some degree from what I was reading in the museum, anyway, they were, they were a little bit fantastic and a little bit over the top, sure. but it was like, it was like for this guy who's known for painting these actual scenes from actual real life to do this thing, it was a bit of a leap, but it was, wasn't really quite propaganda. He was just literally making his paintings, but they were a little bit more imaginary than the subject might have you believe. <laughs> um, but it was interesting because the very next room was literally propaganda. So it's just all these oh, propaganda man. posters and all this stuff, but all of that got me to thinking about what you had mentioned the other day um, when we were on the phone and just seeing if we could arrange to have you visit us here tonight and do the recording. Um, but you made a point of saying like with all these things that are going on today and you know, the, the wall and the ban and the black lives matter and everything else that like, you know, it's like art is fighting nowadays, right? That's, you, Absolutely. you know, and so like talk a little bit more about that. Like what can we, what can art really do in terms of that kind of thing? Well, I don't think I, I, Realized when we did that Black Lives Matter, but that that was that same feeling that the day after the election, which would that be today, a year ago? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah. I woke up <laughs> yeah. and was We're like, still "Well, <laughs> I guess it's time to fight." Yeah, and I sh- certainly don't have the power to fight these people with yeah. you know any physical mm-hmm. you know might that I have. And I thought, well, I've got a press, mm-hmm. I've got hands that like to make things Mm -hmm. and I just so you're still fighting with your hands I I mean it really is it 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 felt like a call to arms Mm -hmm. and I thought that's that is call to elbows call to elbows (laughs) call to the press call to letters call to whatever love it um 
So is that when you guys started making these? I mean, pretty much right after that, you guys started making yes. all these posters and stuff. Yeah. See, I'm not even I'm not as plugged into what y'all are up to anymore <laughs> because I used to be. We have an event. We have multiple events in Nashville every month where people, you know, uh, do various openings. And in East Nashville, when you guys were based here, that's always the second Saturday of the month. So we used to have this little circuit we would run, and and uh, and uh, Sawtooth was always like really the first place we would go to. Yeah. <laughs> I know we miss those days. The... Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Mostly art parties. Yeah, but that's where I saw the that's where I saw the Black Lives Matter yeah. poster, and uh, um, yeah, no, and I'm glad to hear that you guys are still are still doing you know activist type stuff with that, and it's it's uh, and it's you know one thing you know that you mentioned too because I know that we bought one of those posters is you know m- making art and making it available for things you know making it available like making I'm gonna I'll make some fucking ratter posters than you guys can ever make, but I'll make sure you have enough of them so that you guys can use the poster. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't, I can't go to the March, but I can give you the posters, right. you know, or I can't, you know, I can't, you know, go do this or go do that, but I'm going to sell those posters and that money can go to your organization. There's a lot of things we can do like with creativity to, to, to help, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, even just making a, a thoughtful poster that isn't all fucks and walls and you know something that someone who doesn't feel the same way we do or has mm. not been enlightened or mm. the, not to say that i i am more enlightened than a trump supporter but well i, mean, I, I try not to no that's the thing is is <laughs> like all i want to do is talk to people like i just feel like okay you're you're super into what's going on right now with you know politically the climate or whatever okay you you like it this is you wanted this okay so tell me more mm-hmm. because you know there's how do you feel now well no i mean there's <laughs> you know that's that's kind of <laughs> right i mean certainly that's back there but more I'm, I'm just like you know tell me about what like what is important to you and let's find out what's mutually important and start from there because you know i, I think that it's important to understand how similar everybody is as opposed to sort of just getting engaged in that the angst of the the sort of assumed polarity of it all it's like there's so many commonalities and I I just feel like it's actually as much as it seems hellacious and intense and uh, apocalyptic or what I feel like we're almost just I I, maybe I'm maybe this is the first time in my life where I've been an optimist but I, (laughs) I I feel like it's just good, a good time I, for it. <laughs> I feel like it's just a, a little tweak. I don't think it's, I think people are looking to have this really combat. So this is getting back into sort of maybe fighting as well, but you know, you see uh, it's, it's very small tweaks that have the largest yield in terms of your technique applied to anything. You don't want to oh, break, sure. you don't want to break your letters or you don't want to, you know, to me, everything seems like it works that way. And if you start really getting upset and wrenching things or lashing out or, you know, uh, you know, banging fists, like it, it, it never works out well. It just sort of creates equal and opposite. Absolutely. You start screaming at somebody about your beliefs. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. If you say, if you ask me a question yeah. about what I think, yeah. I, I'm more willing to talk to somebody about it. Well, in, also, there's, there's more poetic and interesting ways to be at odds with things. Like, they should have like a take a Nazi to lunch day or something. Like, it's just, <laughs> like I don't. I have know. a friend who will go down and set up. Um, she's part of an atheist group, and she'll have a button that says um, "Ask an Atheist," and she has a little booth that she sets up. Like, <laughs> sort of like Lucy. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, five five cents. <laughs> <laughs> the atheist is in. Five dollars nowadays. <clears throat> inflation, yeah. right? In nickels we trust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, so that's. I think yes, the, the idea that you can weaponize a lot of things for a positive reason. Absolutely. That's just that's the best. I mean, and so with with like what are what, what do you have I what I think is also interesting when you're dealing with sort of older technology and uh something that's kind of a like are there innovations inside sort of printmaking realm or is oh, it something yeah. yeah and like I guess I'm just curious about sort of how how that evolves because and then also with respect to what you're doing do you run into sort of a concern or an issue or how do you deal with wanting to scale to do more things to you know where, wherever your goals are in terms of making more money making more uh whatever it is you know everybody's just we all have a predisposition to grow so i guess i'm sure. just curious about when you're dealing with something that's kind of a handcraft in that way like how do you reconcile the the need to grow it and then how does that sort of trade or in those tools evolving so uh letterpress is you know it's it's the original printed uh word that's mm. how gutenberg started that's how uh in the 11th century in china and korea you know there's there was evidence of printmaking and, and unfortunately we're still um under the same copyright laws that were invented at the, at the advent <laughs> yeah. of such tools. But go ahead. Um, so it's <clears throat> essentially letterpress is letters pressed onto paper with ink in between. And that's the same thing they were doing. That's the same thing that I do. And within that, there are huge variety of different things that you can do. I would imagine just inks alone. There's there's people that you do you have like people that you just geek out with for hours about like okay oh so, yeah. yeah i yeah <laughs> like, dude you gotta get this it's like you can only get it if you know yeah <laughs> oh have you tried this new inked it oh this is this great new additive yeah. um, or paper paper's the, the thing that like uh -huh. i think most people are just like bonkers like oh did you get the new sample of the french paper <laughs> um pretty pretty fun and nerdy um i love i love all the subcultures of interest <laughs> oh, yeah. levels yeah. of things like i love oh, it yeah. i love it people nerding out is my a, favorite the, in fact the uh the wood type manufacturer hamilton is in two rivers wisconsin there's a annual gathering of letterpress nerds and that just happened yes. last weekend pilgrimage and yep and a ton of hatch people went up there mm -hmm. and and, and uh, drove up there and just geeked out for three days and came back and I'm like oh my gosh you'll never believe what so-and-so is making now it's just blowing my mind and are there preeminent sort of celebrities or superstars there are of course there are yeah. I mean with any, like any a, subculture you meet somebody yeah. and you're like holy shit I got I my picture taken I have been with, yeah. following you I saw that poster and I got it that poster that you did in 2007 yeah. I saw the framed um, <laughs> totally completely yeah and then so and there's so many there's so there's letterpress printers there are people who just collect type because they think it's beautiful and mm. they they just as objects just as just, objects yeah. and and luckily they're like they understand they're, that like having yeah. the full set is important they uh -huh. don't want to just have you know 
Joe on the top of their mantle uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah, um, that's that's what I've got. That's a, <laughs> fuck Joe, fuck Joe. <laughs> I've got a I've got a line of type that says "fuck Joe" and his wall. <laughs> fuck Joe's mantle. <laughs> oh. um, By the way, there's who... like the whole f bomb thing. You could just okay, totally fine. Yeah. You should just, just start fuck, like fuck, a fuck, fuck. Yeah, you should just have an alternative <laughs> line of business okay. here that's just like the yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, there's also speaking of fucks, uh, people who still cut type. Uh, there's the only thing that you need to really to print something on a press is for it to be the height that is called type high, and oh. it's point nine one eight of an inch. And um, September eighteenth is type high day. Uh, tip for you. Um, <laughs> that's that's almost like uh, may the fourth be with oh, you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's there's probably some crossover. I'm there was sure a September eighteenth. Is that you said September eighth? Eighteenth. Right? Yeah. Oh, point, point nine one eight. Point nine one eight. Yep. <laughs> yep. What is type it called? What 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 pie? Type high. Ty- so type the high. Type so high. The height of the type. Oh, I thought yeah. you were saying type type pie. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I was like, whoa. It's real. <laughs> Crazy. Like this is your three point one four. Of course, type pi is at four twenty. <clears throat> oh, <right. laughs> That's something else yeah. entirely. Now we've got another one. <laughs> um, so there's people who are still cutting type. There, um, if you see those fancy ands or widths mm-hmm. that are kind of one solid piece with some flourishes on mm-hmm. the top and the bottom of those, those are called catchwords, mm. and it's one solid block. And people are still cutting those. Mm. And I just saw one that came back from Wisconsin from that conference that was WTF. Uh, and hmm. I've seen shit and fuck and damn and uh-huh. all kinds of things. So, you know, there's some very... Um, Limitless imagination at work here. Really, so truly. So that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the geeky subculture squared that just wants to, oh, yeah. to make little wood box and... and, and, and carve these characters out right. of them okay absolutely they don't print they don't they might print yeah. but they're, yeah. they're that's their super nerd part that's is their that, that aspect so, so have... it gets like laser focused <laughs> like, laser focused oh, yeah and that's another thing is there's all this technology so yeah. people are cutting it with lasers right 3D little, printing 3D printing 3D print yeah. you can 3D mm. print type mm. yeah um, how do you feel about those kind of things is it sort of because it's always you know um... yeah I think initially because I started at Hatch and everything there is so old mm-hmm. I was like I don't know about that that's not the pure letterpress but i think if you're able to make something beautiful you're still you have to use that old press yeah. and mm-hmm. the old tools that go along with it mm-hmm. i think it's great i think it's wonderful what a mm-hmm. cool thing to be able to take yeah. a new technology and use it on serve this old, this old technique yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. that's cool for preservation for, for parts for all yeah, kinds of things absolutely. Yeah. yeah whatever you need yeah um so I, cool. I think it's i think it's really cool in fact at our new building we have a a guy he builds tattoo machines from scratch he's like like you don't need to do that but he's one of those people like that's his crazy right. niche you know right um, tony ferguson building his own gym <laughs> you didn't have to do that tony you, d- you didn't I, but i did <laughs> but i can so i did yeah one of those guys i can so i will yeah and he it, it, he saw our press saw our shop and was like oh my god you guys what let me just think about all the things i could make for you i could 
totally mm. like soup up your press and we we're like whoa yeah. buddy whoa, whoa. let's 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 yeah. ease back a little bit um <laughs> so are there people in this sort of subculture of uh print makers is there any group or subgroup that everybody sort of decidedly dislikes <laughs> What's the I dirt? Mean, Give maybe, us that printing dirt. And, 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 can, and can you say it on record? Maybe behind closed doors. Uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, there's always that. There's always sure, that. Like, sure, and I'll give, you, I'll give you a really good example. Okay, mm-hmm. this is not... I, I oversimplified it in terms of everybody hates this. It's mm-hmm. not about everybody hates, but... So, um, there's a guy actually right down the street here who rebuilds tape machines and does all, this uh, studio down here. Welcome to 1979. Oh, sure, yeah. But, you know... Pete, it's the year I was born. Right. And so people that I, (laughs) so people, but people that I know that have been in that world for obviously a lot longer and they see what's going on because they see like what this guy is doing is not as pure because he's, he's kind of commodifying it, like branding it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's got these kind of different, there's always the conflict with any sort of old fetishized technology that has some sort of yield. Fetishized is a great word for it. Right. There's always, there's always two things at work. There's the one, there's like the modern and sort of people that are getting it applied to a more modern business construct and able to market better Mm -hmm. possibly or whatever. And then you've got these sort of altruistic traditionalist preservation purists. Yeah. You know, in my day, we didn't bother. We didn't right. do that when we were, you know. Yeah. And so I see that happening in some of the maybe analog recording world, you know, where there's certainly like people that are kind of dis, uh, disliked or not disliked, but personally, but just sort of, I don't respect, I don't like that that guy's doing that thing that way. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm just curious if there's the similar thing happening in, in the in the in the printmaking. Oh yeah. Well yeah. there's there's if you talk to any old guy, any old printer, there's a phrase that you wanna kiss the paper, not bite it. So what <laughs> it's true. What often when when brides come in to talk to us, we need to make sure they understand that we're working if we're using our antique type that we're not going to get that smash into the paper feel because we'll ruin our type. So mm. the way people get that, it, it's a much more modern thing. You wouldn't see that on an old poster. Uh-huh. You'd have some old guy be like, you can't do that. You're going to ruin that type. You know? uh-huh. um, in fact, Bryce uh, McLeod mm-hmm. was one of the first people that told me like, Oh, you want to ease up on that type a little bit. That's, mm. you know, when I was first it? at Hatch and I was like, oh, kiss, yeah. a kiss and not a uh-huh. bite. Okay. Well, this sounds important. <laughs> so I've, you know, because he's an old guy who learned from right. an old guy. He's not yeah. an old, old guy, but. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's been in it, you know, he sure. grew up with it. So um, definitely having to explain, we're not going to be totally destroying this paper so that you feel that, you know, impression coming out of it. Right. Um, and how you do that is often with polymer plates, plastic polymer, mm-hmm. or with photo plates, you can get magnesium plates. It's kind of like a photo process. So you etch it away with acid. Oh. Um, so those are two options that if we have to do that, and sometimes we will print other people's work, mm-hmm. Hatch won't do that at all. So often we get those people who are like, we just want this huge poster of this corporate design that we already did. And mm-hmm. we've got babies to feed. So Chris and I are going to do that. Hatch mm-hmm. doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's absolutely something that if we didn't do, we've we've kind of had to turn our, our um, position around on the staunch like we're not gonna do that right. modern technology yeah because we would not have you know made it five years if we yeah. hadn't started doing that stuff mm-hmm. and i love carving in linoleum 
And Chris is an amazing artist, amazing illustrator. And he doesn't like, he likes carving, but the time that it takes for him to do the detail of his mm-hmm. illustrations, he wouldn't be happy with the finished product. Mm-hmm. So he will then have a plate made or mm-hmm. a, a laser cut. We've got in our building, we've got a guy upstairs with a laser <sighs> engraver. And so he'll utilize that technology. It's still his drawing. His drawing is so hand rendered looking and, yeah, and for sure. really like really beautiful. And you can tell it's not something that was just cranked out on a computer. And so yeah, no, to me, that's an interesting yeah. thing that you can take his beautiful hand. Like, I mean, he just draws with a Sharpie and then sends it up there and he's like, okay, can you have this cut? And it's gorgeous. <laughs> mm. And then he's printing that on our press. So it's like, it's an interesting and weird way to utilize all these different yeah. tools, you yeah. know, which I think is yeah. really cool. But you're in a, you're over there, like, and I, I could be wrong about this, but tell me, like, explain a little bit about the situation when you were at, when you were in East Nashville, you were basically in something like a kind of a, like a mall building in a way, sure, like yeah. there was all these interconnected stores. <laughs> um, you were next to a gallery, an art gallery. Um, yes. Our friends at um, uh, Gallery Luperica ultimately mm-hmm. is what they Sarah became. Sarah and Katie, lovely ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, also displaced by, yes. by, the, by, the, by the success, by progress. We yes. call that progress. Um, when the good stuff has to go away, we, we, we make ourselves what it is. gentrification. <laughs> but the um, uh, but now you're in a situation where it's like you guys are down in another kind of little community of uh, creative com- people. There we go, yeah. sign makers and all sorts mm-hmm. of other stuff. Yeah, so I think that there. there's there's something about that part of it that I think is also even if even if that involves you know talking to the guy with the laser cutter, it's like talking to the guy next door and collaborating on stuff so you can both help each other get your work done. Absolutely. That's like, that's old school trade craft oh, right there. Man. It, it, and <laughs> it really feels that way. Yeah. That's There's... like, that's totally not like we're competing with everybody. It's like, no, let's all work together and we can all get more work done. You Absolutely. Know? And that I feel like mostly that is the feeling in Nashville. I mm-hmm. think, and I'm not sure if it's because of the music industry and it was so collaborative and just mm-hmm. the nature mm-hmm. of country music and you know the session players who like mm-hmm. they play on everybody's records you're right. not gonna you know have johnny cash being like hey that's my guy don't take my guy you right, know it's yeah. like they all just played together and it, it really it feels still like a small community yeah. you know like creative community yeah. here i've I never thought in so about many ways i've never thought about the idea that the that the of the role that like the music might have like set the tone for the rest of the creative community in a weird way i, mean, I don't know why i've never thought of that but that's a really good just, yeah just sort of rendered this yeah. modality that now can be replicated in other yeah realms. it's weird yeah. but i will say though that like as somebody who's not really inside of the the print world per se but somebody who's like you know, all over the art community in general, I see, I mean, you know, ultimately everybody's trying, you know, everybody's working hard trying to make their thing happen, Sure, but definitely among the print community. And part of it being because everybody ultimately has these common anchors back to, uh, back to hatch, you know, I, I see nothing but cooperation and collaboration and, and, I never hear any printmakers say shit bad about these guys or those guys Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. Ever, you know what I mean? And at the same time, I think it's great that when I see Bryce's designs, Bryce McLeod from Isle of Printing, when I see his stuff, I know it's his stuff. When I see your guy's Absolutely. stuff, I know it's your stuff. And it's there's really distinct, interesting things going on, and people are doing their own thing in their own way, but... But at the same time, you know, it's like sort of like I got my little space over here and you got your space over there. But at the end of the day, it's sort of like 
it's the fact that we have as much of that going on as there is that I think if we only had like, like, especially if Hatch wasn't here, if we just had like one small letterpress print shop, how much work could they even get? Because who would even know where to find them? You know what right. I'm saying? It's, it's hard. The it's fact hard that there's know. a culture makes people realize that it's like, oh, this is an option for stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I think it was, gosh, I, I want to say it was in, I don't know, the late 1800s. Nashville was the fifth largest printing mm. city for religious materials. Yeah, which, there's still big, course, there's still big religious publishers here. Sure, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's that's what it's, it was based on. Absolutely, that's it's why we're here. Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting. And there's more lessons to learn. <laughs> you just have to read the entire thing. That's right. And then do everything it says to do. That, by that I tell you, it says word, to do right. <laughs> by the letter. Right. right. <laughs> that's uh, literally. So, so you don't, do you do you watch any fights or like I, do you keep? I do. I love watching fights. I have a kid now so it's a little harder um i i don't seek them out Mm -hmm. if someone is like oh i want to come over for a fight night oh my god yes absolutely now you're always welcome to come over here anytime awesome like you know there's these moments of reconciliation that you have with your growing fandom of watching fights right the moment for me is like when it's like my wife has well gone to bed and i'm like (laughs) 60 dollars by myself here on the couch, like, <laughs> pay-per-view? Hell yes. <laughs> like, this is even better than having a fight party because I can just fully concentrate. Like, Not you know, like, this, shut up, yeah, shut yeah. up. You know, this, Eat your dip more quietly. Right, like, <laughs> like, you know, Joe, I can't talk to you about this right now. <laughs> no, uh, but like, seriously, anytime, because, awesome. I, I mean, I, I guess I was just curious if you happen to see UFC 217 or keep up with anything. Weekend. No. Because let me tell you, it was... I heard it was insane. It was mind blowing. It was. It was. It, the coolest thing about it was that there were three title fights on the card, and of all of those pairings, each one sort of had like kind of a, a bravado, kind of blowhard, sort of hyper confident champion, you know, or you know, and then the other sort of more meek, humble kind of uh, challenger, uh, challenger, yeah. yeah. And all of them, all of the champions, got toppled um, by these sort of more. Uh, you know, so it was sort of like the. You know, in terms of like the schoolyard sort of bully kind of thing, you got yeah. to see three fights in a row where the schoolyard bully got taken out. And, and, <laughs> and in one particular one, uh, Rose Namajunas, who's a 25-year-old fighter who's been on her way up for a, a good minute now, and I've been following since she was an amateur, took out Yohan Jacek, who's uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing, mm-hmm. multiple-time champion, and then has been a UFC champion for couple years yeah she's a long i mean she was basically uh, if she'd won this fight she would have tied ronda rousey for the most title defenses and so she's and that's huge because like in uh, in mma i mean like the titles don't stick around very long you know it's like you you defend your you win a title and defend it three or four times you're like an old man on the mountain at that Mm. point you know so she um uh but that 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 fight with rose and joanna was the one that was like the the one where the biggest you know the biggest money would have been if you'd have put your money on Rose to beat Joanna because she was a huge underdog and she dropped her and not, took her out in the first round it was oh insane gosh. Brian actually predicted a first round win but predicted she would uh, uh, by submission submit yeah. submit her because she's primarily a grappler but then she knocks her out with punches it was crazy <laughs> and uh, wow. um, well and then especially at that weight class you know it's um. 
there's not a lot of one fifteen one punch kind weights. of knockouts. Yeah, there's oh yeah, yeah. because of just the power. You know, it's, the power is not fully there. You know, what I mean, at that size, especially yeah. even with um, men fighters that small, they don't. Right. They don't. And this was one of those where like that. it was a it was a leaping left hook mm-hmm. that was so so. Joanna is you know uh, super disciplined, right down the pipe, middle kind of strike like. N- like and just a machine of a jab mm. and all of that and and uh really instantly this this fight only went three minutes and you <laughs> could insane. you could see <laughs> you could you could see like here's where i love this is the stuff that nobody knows with that doesn't watch the stuff you know but mm. it's like to see how it's not about like did somebody hit somebody or who got hit or whatever it's like mm. did you see how she made sure she was never in space mm. where you know the way that she managed distance from the inception of the fight was just what was like, like I, even in the last, like I was saying, if you don't like watching people get hit, like cover up the top half of your television and just watch the, what's going on with footwork. Oh, sure. You know, absolutely. The, the, you know, and like, I think you had said something that's like a choreography is sort of being written in real time in front of you. Yeah. You know, it's miraculous, but anyway, but Rose Namie was like most humble, really, you know, she was, uh, so gracious and it was one of these things where everybody was sort of just tearing up you yeah. know for this person you know crying. it was unbelievable it. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was one of those things where you just you don't see you don't see what like that what that card was and what happened you don't see that very very often it was top top of uh, so experience inspiring. it really was i mean and so you see you know and she gets up there and she's like i and this belt doesn't mean a thing i just i just want people to be kind to each other and, <laughs> you know she's like i just you know I, I there's that. there's more things i want to do you know yeah like she just had this uh this kind of place of mind about it all that i mean you know and i'm sure when she and pat barry go back to their place they're like fuck yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah fuck oh, that yeah. motherfucker you know? yeah. but it, you know but, but, <laughs> but maybe not maybe right. she's yeah, yeah. So right so so it was like heart. it was so inspiring and here's the thing too is like when you see you know i, I remember what it was like when i was in my earlier mid-20s how much sacrifice i would make to play music or to do my pursuits and the you know leaving deep seated you know like leaving deep human relationships behind to go across the country to do mm-hmm. you know whatever like you were talking about liner notes earlier a quick story about that like I, my life happened the way that it did because there were liner notes mm-hmm. like I, w- I wish i could sort of capture this because i'm so frustrated that all the new like apple spotify all the things nobody puts liner notes or anything there's no credits anymore and so it, it's important for people to get credit, but it's also just how you form an index of, you know, like yeah. what, what is what. And so yeah. I, I just got the dobro on that song. Yeah. So I, so I mean, even just the artwork, <laughs> yeah. I'm, like yeah. I'm such a visual person. Like yeah. I don't remember songs if I don't have a, a cover to relate to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So for me, like, um, before the internet, my brain had to be the spreadsheet of drawing correlations between various personnel, producers, studios, mm-hmm. who was playing on what. And so I would, I would go through, and this is before I even actually played music. I was just an avid listener and just wanted I was on a search. Yeah. And back then to be on a search for music and to find correlations and to keep going down some road to find new things, you had to really, you know, you had to go to the library, you had to go to the record store and dig and dig and dig. Yeah. And it was an experience. And so you would just take in all that information, take in all that information. So to find that album that you were searching for. Yeah. And so what happened was, I mean, long story short, there's a lot of detail to this, but basically I started to figure out that this particular drummer was making all these records that I really loved um, that were not, you know, necessarily like big records or anything. And I started to catch this kind of pattern with like 
oh, this is all being recorded in Seattle and what's happening here? And so I uh, dialed uh, what's called 411 uh, for, the, for, for the young younger generation. That's, that was our internet. Yeah. It was, you called a That's person on the phone. That's how you information on right. your phone. <laughs> right. Then. 411. Yeah. <laughs> like, 411, what is the barometric pressure? No, um, Anyway, so I called information and just asked for this musician's name. Uh, this guy, Michael Shreve, who's the original drummer for Santana. I just called information, got his number, uh-huh. called it. And he's the guy who, if you watch the Woodstock film, he's like a teenage yeah, boy 19, yeah. playing on uh, playing their set at Woodstock, which is at the end of the movie, I believe. And yeah. it is a fucking, <laughs> it's like a jungle fire. Yeah. It yeah. is insane. Yeah. That's like one of the greatest moments of rock and roll film. Of Absolutely. All time. And he's one of the big reasons why. Cause Absolutely. You're looking at this baby playing drum the solo, right? <laughs> yeah. Little, 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 Holy yeah. shit. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, so anyway, so I did guess, you get his number? So I got his number and then I just called him up. And then two weeks later, I moved from North Carolina to Seattle to go apprentice with him uh-huh. for like two years. <laughs> you know, like that was the stuff you had to do back then. You just had to like sort of go to the source mm-hmm. and you're constantly just sort of going to the source. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I had some point about it that I was wrapping around to, but I, yeah. I don't remember liner what it was notes. anymore. Oh yeah. So yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Liner notes. You're really good at this. But, you know, I, wonder, I wonder if there's like, I wonder if there's something that from the letterpress side of things, it's almost like. I think it'd be a very interesting experiment to sort of uh, make almost like caricatures of liner notes with letterpress where it's like, like how can you take, take that art and then give more, you know, like make it, make, make the, make that information happen in a way that's larger and more emphatic and almost, and actually use that to sort of make a statement about this problem that Mm. nobody knows who did what anymore. And that's how Mm. people build creds and all that. I mean, if I go to like my discogs or whatever, Mm. not disc, is it discog, whatever the, um, wherever your little online kind of thing is, it's like, it's kind of like the IMDB, but for music. music. Yeah. You can find credits. Yeah. And it's like, Oh man, like this is woefully inaccurate and And missing all kinds of stuff. And da 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 da. I don't know. I just would love to see like a, a way for print media to sort of force that issue because mm-hmm. it, people don't get that anymore. And and even if it's available digitally, the people aren't going to experience it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a, fun. yeah. Well, it's like you brought it up earlier because we were talking about the whole idea of having just that really the, to me, a lot of like a lot of this stuff, like, you know, uh, slow culture let's call it slow culture sure. like slow food or whatever Artisanal. i think yeah i think i think that like listening the the, the thing that <laughs> i think listening to records is like the uh, <laughs> listening to records is like people realize now that it's like it's not even about like oh here's all the reasons why the sound is better because that's who maybe it is maybe it isn't you know there's a lot of reasons why it's worse okay sure now that said <laughs> more pleasing for you yeah, yeah yeah whatever you like this and 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 you know and and a lot of the things that people claimed for digital I mean for like analog music can can be 100% replicated by digital recording and there's a lot of those arguments are specious to me the one thing though that is true is that when you take a record out of a sleeve and you put it on your turntable and you put the needle on it and then you close it up even if you're not going to just sit there and listen to it which you probably should do and with your headphones would be good <laughs> you know and then read your mm-hmm. liner notes and look at the album art and pull mm-hmm. out the poster and yeah. all that stuff lay on your belly on your bed yeah, and... exactly yeah kick your feet yeah. tell your brother to shut up yeah. <laughs> you know? try to call my girlfriend shut up yeah. <laughs> but then there's also the thing of like you're just you're in a room with a physical thing that's happening and if you 
if you get up too quickly or if you mm. you know uh whatever forget that things right behind you the next thing you know you're you're not you're scratching your record mm. you know what i mean yeah. so it's like you're not just this thing floating down from the cloud or whatever and right. and it's it's it literally immaterial it has there's right. n- you can't touch it doesn't it in exist any you don't yeah. it just it, yeah. it just there's appears a, in your ears there's a presence to this right. thing that's literally spinning next to you you know what i mean and and it has a sharp needle on it and you and you, and has you to take be, care of it yeah and, yeah oh, yeah man mm. my Stepped on by yeah. she was stacking them on top of each other. Yeah. She didn't know. She didn't know if you lay them flat, they get warped. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing too is how the medium informs what is done on it, because you know, um, the, you know, the whole notion of B sides, or mm. you know, like so you have your front loaded stuff that you think is going to be the most sort of uh, universally mm. appreciated, that's within the most ready made format of consumption mm. in people's brains and how they think or yeah. whatever. My new and then, like on the B side, that that's where you stretch out and you have your longer songs or your more yeah. sort of uh, exploratory or experimental things, mm. and you know the idea of sides or mm. or even just like you know one thing that people don't really understand about records you know is that when you're when you're making if you're putting your music on a record the sequence of the songs matters not because of just like what song would be okay this one's really you know emotional so let's pick it back up with something lively it's not about that i mean it is to an extent but it's also about the closer that you get to the center of the record the narrower the grooves are the less low frequency is available Mm -hmm. and so you have to think about what how much real estate spectrally on with respect to frequencies uh-huh. do i want to a lot the, the stuff that's on the first track it's gonna be the widest grooves and as it goes towards the center of the record the yeah. grooves narrow and narrow and narrow and so you're gonna lose um frequency range especially in the low end mm-hmm. and so you have to think about how you're sequencing things based on just the, the actual sonic yeah. capabilities of where it sits and it's and it's not like the first half of it sounds one way and the second half is sort of maybe uh, a little bit less it's on this constant mm-hmm. equal as each rotation of the record goes, it's actually the, the frequency response of what's happening is slowly changing. And uh-huh. so you can either try to compensate for that when mastering to some extent, but you start to lose things because you're trying to drive too much bass when there's not enough physical room for that needle to go back and I forth. I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. That is bonkers. And so also the amount of material that's on it. So yeah. that's why dance singles, right? Like a 12 inch mm-hmm. that just has one song on it. That's, you know, say six minutes because mm-hmm. you got that much more room to have, a you know, because when you're playing in a club, you want to have as, oh, like, yeah. a big sound. But then when you get like a Joni Mitchell record that's got like, you know, 20 minutes per side, mm-hmm. it's just like, ding, ding, ding. Like, no, you know, it's like super thin sounding because yeah. there's so much stuff crammed on there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really wild. Is there anything like that with respect to letterpress where it's like you lose perhaps like either resolution or I guess it's just about the size is probably in the thing. Well, things. I mean, is size is definitely, um, something that makes me very frustrated. I, again, control enthusiast. <laughs> uh, I often have to tell Chris when we're in the shop together, sorry, I, I, I know that I know I'm doing the thing that I do. I'm going to step back. Cause I'll be like, Hey, if you'll just clean that a little better, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm going to quickly do this. I'm like, that's great. But can you also just clean, make sure you get all the ink out of the grooves. And um, so something control enthusiast, I like to dig out of the metal type. Uh, you get, uh, between, you know, the lines, you get gunk, mm-hmm. dried ink, mm-hmm. and it can make it print less, Clearly. So, Mm. um, that's a very frustrating thing for someone like me, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things like that. That's, oh, if I take more time in doing this part, I'm going to make sure that this lasts forever and we'll be able to print more clearly or yeah if, so even if you're on a run if you're doing a run of a thousand somethings i mean you, or if i have too much ink this stuff is going to get clogged up the mm. small type you're not going to see as well this type you might see better i mean it really is like i don't know i mean i would imagine like a soundboard where you're constantly tweaking little things there's always mm. little things that you have to tweak as in as, a pro, as, a, mm. as, as you're running as it. just as you're printing yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. yeah that's so cool. Well, it's, that's interesting too, because that, like, to me, that uh, makes me think about, you know, uh, like when, like when you're the fighting thing, and you saw a lot of this in two seventeen, of like how it's like in the moment while you're doing it, like in the the co-main event, there was two guys, Cody Garbrandt and um, T.J. Dillashaw. Who are like mortal enemies, right? They used to be in the same camp, mm. but now they're going to fight. You know? mm-hmm. So they used to be friends, yeah. not anymore. Now they hate each other. <laughs> so, uh, and and but, the thing that we all bite on yeah. that, and then meanwhile, it's like they're probably like, we're both gonna be rich. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's, there there is the perfect you know yeah. way to bring up the um, performance aspect of it, that's which right. of course uh, it all is. But you it's know, real. They, but it's they real. Step up to the yeah. to you know yeah. weigh yeah. in yeah. and like. You know, they're once, probably texting like, "Hey, no, no, okay, hey, motherfucker, I'm gonna." Once we get this podcast really going, and we and we really have built an audience on some level, Joe and I are gonna have a falling out, and it's gonna be incredible. We're gonna double he, our listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would advise you also to start some beef with Hatch, like just, <laughs> just on Twitter, call him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah send Jim, like, just send Jim a text later to let him know it's all okay. It's just, just it's gonna be good for you. It's trust t- me. Totally cool. Yeah. Totally cool. I'll, I'll be the heel. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. In the background, you guys totally know what's going on. It's like the Beatles and the Stones. It's like, you know, yeah. We'll uh, we'll do the release in December then. Okay, good luck, fellas. (laughs) But you were saying. But Um, but I was going to say that, like, in that fight, it's interesting because you see, basically, you've got a guy trying to fight a certain kind of fight in the first round. TJ's trying to fight a certain kind of fight. And at the end of the first round, the thing that can't happen is what happens, which is he gets in the pocket with with uh, Cody and Cody fucking slams him and he goes right down to the canvas and almost ends the fight. But luckily, the fucking buzzer goes off and now it's round two. But basically, you saw exactly the wrong thing. (laughs) So he goes back to his corner and starts, you know, uh, starts just trying to relax and get his head back together. And at that point, his coach starts telling him, look, we need to we need to we need to stay at a distance here and you need to just start utilizing more kicks so he starts doing that right so they just are starting to like adjust their plan on the fly he starts doing more kicks then he starts kind of faking with his wrestling which is always something that he's going to do he fakes a couple of times where he's going to shoot for a thing and then he and he's throwing a couple of these low kicks and then he comes up top with a high kick and nails him nails him and it's the first big moment and then right after that he catches him with the right hook and the fight's over right Man. but it's it's over with the right hook partly because he already kicked him in the head right <laughs> yeah, you know but that's it he was he was the perfect example in that fight of the 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 more mature fighter and the more coachable fighter in a way you know who can who who comes in with a plan multiple plans or multiple layers, yeah, layers right. of layers, layers of planning plan. right. you know you know starts at the beginning of the plan you just shuffles through a couple pages when he realizes this isn't working gets to the next version and then executes it even though he's already been knocked down and hurt once he goes right back in changes the plan starts over again tweaks it 
nails it and wins the fight. You know, while the other guy, Cody, who's a little bit less experienced, is more like a guy who's like insanely fast, like mm-hmm. super gifted, super gifted yeah. physically, and also probably has always yeah. been the star yeah. player of yeah. whatever and he has, did. And has, yeah. and yeah. has, and has the the instincts with his hands. Right, he's got real gifts as a fighter. But but we saw that like that night, the thing that made the difference was, you know, uh, uh, TJ's really TJ's like gameness like tj's not gonna stop you know he showed like you can fucking slam me and almost win this fight and as long as i can get back up i'm still fighting i'm not gonna suddenly have second thoughts about it um but he also showed that that ability to be like the calm learner and the the guy who listens to his coach and you know and and brings all that to bear Mm -hmm. and and that's gonna outdo your instinctual you know fast hands you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely well that reminds me of people would ask me like gosh that's like that's really violent what you're doing and to me it's it's just not about violence mm-hmm. and that even coming out of my mouth that sounds crazy because it is <laughs> fucking no, violent no, this, this has been a topic even as of late in a lot of the sort of MMA media that we follow but the word violence is so loaded Right, it, right. It, it is loaded with this sort of a, a negative assertion or um, some sort of premeditated um physical act upon someone based on some sort of difference or mm. you know or uh, maybe there's uh, in, in violence there are victims right yeah but these are people that are voluntarily like nobody's saying like somebody yeah it's like violence with consent <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah. everybody's it's so funny i mean t- to me i only uh i did a ton of exhibition fights and I only did about two or three. I was going to ask, like, how much competition? Two or three amateur did. fights, uh-huh. but I mean, we, went, we had club fights. Maybe not every month, but we had uh-huh. all the time. And and what do you mean by that? Like, fill so people in. So it would what just be um, an exhibition. Like, oh, come and see our gym. Our, our fighters are going to just more than spar. Uh-huh. You're definitely hitting. You know. Yeah. Um, really and, going for it. Uh-huh. But, um, and you'd actually be timing rounds and stuff. You'd oh, yeah, actually yeah. be doing... You'd we be, had a ring. We'd, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm the goofy kid who they knew when I was training in the gym that day because there'd be glitter all around the bag. And like, <laughs> there... Um, like a little fairy came in. <laughs> yeah. My, my fight name was Sparkle, which is like real tough. So, <laughs> that's um, great. Like, I came in as like okay, really that's goofy. Some, you like, can work with that more. You should not have let that die. <laughs> We're still going to um, call you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first pair of tie shorts that I earned when I got my... Um, you know, did my first test. They're sparkly gold and oh, red awesome. flames that I still have. Hell yeah. Um, so, like, I, to me, it was like, there's so much more to it. It is it is like choreo- choreography. Yeah. It is like a chess game that you're playing right there in the moment, but you're hyped up on adrenaline. Yeah. And you've been training and running and yeah. doing all of this stuff. And it's, it is such an incredible thing that, it's primordial. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, the same way that I think of like cave paintings, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I, I just have to do some mark making on this cave. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Um, that's the same way I feel about art. That's the mm-hmm. same. Like just when the, you know, final result, results came in and I was like, Oh no, now I have to fucking make some art. Yeah. It, it, this has to happen. It, yeah. it, it's like, tool set tools and it's just the kind of thing that i don't know it's 
it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but it is something that like, even I get hit in the nose. It's and- not, here's the thing. It's not for everybody, but it's in everybody. Sure. Sure. I mean, I think everybody should, should take a martial art. Yeah. I think it's so important. Um, Tell me about your nose. Oh man. I, I, <laughs> I, have, I still slightly have a bump here. But um, you were just saying I get punched in the nose. Oh, I get punched in the nose, and it's like it's it looks that normal. feeling that's like, oh, I am fucking alive. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. alive. Mm. Yeah. And there's so few times that you can have that kind of thing. Like I've never uh-huh. been in a bar fight. Yeah. I have never been attacked on the street. Yeah. Maybe because I hold myself and I look like I'm someone not to be fucked with, mm. but. I used to have violent fantasies when I was training. Like, what would I do? Some asshole <laughs> tried to come at me. Like, I'd be like, come on. You don't realize you're fucking with Sparkle. Right? <laughs> That's right. You're coming for Sparkle. Sparkle's coming for you. Um, but it that was reminiscent of Boogie Woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you wanna... Boogie Woman coming for you. <laughs> That's where she went off the edge. But anyway, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's not, you know... I would fight always, almost always. I would fight a, a huge, fairly new guy mm-hmm. because my coaches knew. Just teach him a lesson. Mm-hmm. It was always like they yeah. think like, "Oh, I'm this big, huge guy. I'm gonna, this girl who's you know, I'm gonna show her you know how big and tough I am." And that's not what it's about. Yeah, that's not what it's about at all. No, he's if gonna be you... he's gonna be really tired in about a minute. Oh man, <laughs> so tired! I'm gonna trip him. I'm gonna knee him right in the kidney. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna do stuff that like. Yeah, my check out how hard my shins are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you see these? I've been kicking telephone poles, motherfucker, <laughs> in my rave costumes. <laughs> and I'm that's, on that's ecstasy true. right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cannot be stopped. I'm spiralized. Yeah. Possessed. That's awesome. Hey, so where, like, if, if anybody's listened this far into this, which I guess we're maybe an hour and a half or so in, but I wanted to, like, make sure that, like, where can they find out all about what you're doing, what's happening, and how can they begin to follow you and also fear you? <laughs> Uh, don't, don't fear me. I, I mean, unless you, unless you want me to teach you a lesson, um, I'm good at that. Uh, sawtoothprintshop.com. Uh, we're also, where are we? Instagram, sawtoothprintshop. You just do a lot of sawtooth print shop Googling and you're going to get mm-hmm. all you're kinds of find stuff. Us. Yeah. And so like, yeah. okay, so say that I want to get something printed. Mm-hmm. What is like the, if, if you're, if somebody comes in and says, Hey, I want to make something, mm-hmm. what, what is like the de facto sort of size or process or how do I, like, I, I want to make something. Tell me how okay. that works. So we print as small as a postcard or postcard or business card size uh, up to our press can really only print like 13 by 18 is the largest paper size that we use. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that just is defined by our size of our press. Mm-hmm. Um, and in there we can print any size from those, you know, tiny size to 13 by 18. And so like if somebody wants you to sort of work on the, the choosing of the sort of the, the type and colors or whatever, you'll do the, the sort of design work. And then do you do like a proof for them and say like, this is what you like this. And then how much, 
revision can you kind of go back and forth with before it makes somebody crazy or <laughs> right before it makes us crazy yeah <laughs> Let's, yeah um we really try and get as much information mm. to start with like what are you trying to accomplish with this or yeah, yeah well yeah. what are you going for what is it for what yeah. i mean the, what any graphic designer would do right. but for us because we're starting with this physical stuff we don't want to have to rebuild this whole poster so cool that you have again. constraints though 13 by 18 that's yes. the biggest we can do right Constraints are king. I love constraints. I agree. Mm-hmm. And there are many people who feel like, oh, you only have this many typefaces or you only have uh, this whatever. And I, yeah. And look, all of these posters look completely different for five years. Yeah. Like if we, if people want that same poster, sure, we can give them something similar. But here's what we can do. It's, I mean, it feels limitless to me. And that's mm-hmm. part of the thing that keeps me going is what else can I do? Mm-hmm. What else you know, how can I use these letters differently? How can I use the ink? How yeah, can I? Yeah. People don't realize the, the, the perils of option fatigue. Oh, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so cool. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make something. I don't know what it's going to be. Okay. I'll probably put an F bomb in it. Oh, there you fuck go. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to come up with a lot of different, mm-hmm. um, Ideas. Uh, ideas and then I'm gonna let you sort it out for me because you know more than I but you do. think you need a poster yeah. for the podcast for but sure anybody, yes any, anybody who's yeah. Yeah. Great. a fight poster yeah oh. <laughs> with the two of you yeah. oh yeah, man yeah. let's oh. do this she's already figured it out he's, he's a different weight class but if there's a but if there's a <laughs> this is bullshit if there's a <laughs> I, will, I must break him. By the way, <laughs> so I'll have every reason to get on the juice then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You'll be the Brazilian juicer. <laughs> Come oh, in, like, put me in an in ankle pick. <laughs> you see the picture of that guy a year ago? Uh-huh. Oh, he's huge. No, he was, he, he was, he's huge. But a year ago, uh, he was, he, he was not nearly as defined as uh-huh. he, it's really interesting to see the people that are coming, like yeah. as much as they've cracked down on sort of steroids and all right, this right. stuff. It's just, anyway, that's a whole other topic. That's yeah, a whole other topic. But, uh, yeah. but there's this yeah. handsome new Brazilian guy yeah, that yeah. everybody's not the Brazilians like, are the only ones who do uh, steroids, but, but right. they get, they, they have, they have certain steroid <laughs> things that are available like over the counter in Brazil oh. that you can't do that. We can't right, do right, right. It's a little tighter in, in the States and sure. in North America in general, just to get the stuff. But in other places, it's, a lot looser even though they get the testing it's like <laughs> this right. guy's, oh that's legal this guy's really gigantic now wow. <laughs> yeah you can get you can probably have steroids in your system in brazil just from taking vitamins or something you know <laughs> yeah, because of just all the lack of regulation right. and all the things and where these labs are and what's happening yeah. but but anyway so I, but i will be testing you joe if we fight <laughs> okay okay i'm clean man i tell you I'm so clean. uh so sawtooth print shop and then joe yeah. what do you got and going also, on well let me just really quick let me oh, say yeah. too like you guys because you guys do you kind of said this but like if anybody if you're in nashville and you need uh birthday card invitations if you need oh, sure. wedding invitations if you need a poster for your rock and roll show like any of those things are things that you guys do Absolutely. all the time right? yep i have a friend who just had a baby yeah. She's... and or just stop by the shop and find a cool poster and put it on your wall you just sure. moved into a cool place you want a real piece of nashville to put on your wall yeah so go to sawtooth and get get a cool uh get a cool image of a creature from the black lagoon yeah chris does really cool stuff with like the classic uh, uh universal monsters yeah <laughs> yeah the wolf man and the mm-hmm. creature yeah they're mm-hmm. they're classics they're now yeah. classics in nashville yeah they really are do you got anything going on do next, i have anything next... going on i've got a new single coming out 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I was just actually spent some time today uploading it to my various. Thanks for not saying places. dropping. I'm so tired of everything yeah. dropping. It's it's stop, going to be stop dropping things. If I, if, if I actually was gonna have a four, if I was gonna drop a real 45 on y'all, I would tell you. But I'm just gonna be. Yeah. I'm gonna have a downloadable MP3. <laughs> that uh, I'm hoping to do a little thing on. We'll w- print your liner notes, Joe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm hoping to do a little spot on uh, WXNA soon. Uh, I was talking to my friend who has a show on there and. Uh, I think I think it's going to be during an upcoming week when they're going to be doing like a pledge drive. So I'll probably run down there. We'll play the song and talk for a second and just talk about how cool, cool. the radio station is and stuff. Um, but that'll be coming up soon. And you should go to, um, I guess, go to, it's uh, going to be, uh, just go to joenolan.com and slash blog because I'll probably talk about it on my blog and let people know stuff that's happening with it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get you know, do the radio thing and get a few reviews of it and stuff before it comes out on the, I believe it's Tuesday, the 4th of December is what I set it up for. Awesome. So that's, and then it'll be on my Bandcamp page, which is mighty Joe Nolan's Bandcamp page. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and so now I can hear. Whoa. Oh, so maybe this is the beginning of the end guys. I, I feel like I thought a, that was, it sounds like there was an air assault happening. Oh, that was, now. that was outside. Uh-oh. That's scarier. <laughs> I thought that was some weird music you made. That's like, no, that's just the world. <laughs> well, um, hey, um, thank you so much. It means a lot that you came over here. Yeah, you're a very first guest. Yes. You, we, 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 you're, yeah, you're, you're our first. Uh, yeah. It didn't. It was. Uh, we, I hope I did okay. You did great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. That was a great practice. <laughs> now we're gonna do it for real. And so if that was t- just my training. Yeah. And now we're ready for the real fight. Yeah. 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 But we need to hear more from you. So I'd love to have you back at some point too. Awesome. Like this I'd is not to. something where it's just like a, a one and done mm-hmm. thing. I want to keep yeah. the conversations hey, going and really, find out sure. what's happening. One thing too, really quick. Why don't before we roll, why don't you tell them about the um, one? I think Nieves saw me on some silly uh, post I put on Instagram oh, punching yes. a bag or something. And I then, don't even know exactly how it was, but it must have been no, on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Joe is a fighter? Joe is training? Joe is on a heavy bag? What is How did we not know that? I yeah, mean, we've talked about art a million times. Yeah. We've talked about politics. We've talked yeah. about whatever. Yeah. This crappy beer we're drinking. Yeah. But... The, fighting the, like the beer I was always good right there all along <laughs> yeah. but then, Chris yeah. made sure yeah so then so, so then Nieves ends up messaging me I think again through Instagram and is just like what are you doing like I, I've been doing this for like ever and I'm like really and then uh, you told me about a class that you go to that's just like a, a class at the neighborhood Y down on Gallatin Pike right yep the Margaret so, Maddox at the Margaret Maddox in East Nashville yep and what's the name of that class it is the there's a Monday night class at uh-huh. 530 okay with uh, Nita Fierson, Fierson, or yeah. is it something like that. Yeah. She's amazing. I love her. She yeah. is so encouraging. Yeah. She's one of those people super who's like, cool. what? Anybody can come in here. Yeah, Any super size. cool coach. Really Any a great, gender. Any... a great way for beginners to put on some gloves and hit Absolutely. some pads and learn how to use pads. Learn yes. how to be the the pad holder and the puncher. I think it's so yeah. important. You, yeah, this it, sounds great because I don't want to train with Joe as I'm learning. Because <laughs> I don't want to come to the class. Because here's the thing, like. He, like I, 
he, I don't want him to see what I'm developing. <laughs> oh, you don't want him to know your secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get you. He's going to be like a fainting. He's going to have all these things going on. You better watch out. Next time I'm on. It'll, it'll be like one of those but things yeah. where like the, the husband, you know, surprises us. Like I've been taking Tuscan cooking <laughs> classes for six months yeah, or whatever, you know. My podcast like, partner is going to surprise me. Your right. wife loves yeah. ballroom dancing and you've been exactly. learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the wedding of I'm your gonna best come. friend, you're going to kind of rock. come walk into the podcast studio one day and you're going to attack me like, right. be like, <laughs> like, like, like the Pink Panther movies. <laughs> it's like, this is really great. We're much tighter now. I just beat the shit out of you. Superman punch. <laughs> yeah, Superman punch, exactly. Hey, well, uh, but yeah, so if you're, if you're in Nashville and you're interested in learning a little bit more about fighting, that's a great place to go. You Absolutely. can just take a one. I went she there. She also has a gym. I took a one-time class. Is it The, the Grind? The Grind. Yeah, oh, sweet. she's off Main Street. She and her husband, um, Rico, and he is massive and is looks like he'd be terrifying. He's do they do fighting stuff at the grind? They do, yeah. Okay, yeah. Saturdays at 10, okay. she's doing something called beatboxing, which is just like, she always has fun tunes. Cardio and, fighting mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, yeah all those are good good uh, options, I think, for Absolutely. somebody who just, just wants to... Absolutely, just a way to, to dip your toe. Yeah, and I can't remember what it cost me to just go do a one-time class with you there, but I went there with Nieves, and we held pads for each other and punched stuff, and Nieves hits hard, and we had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, it was really, really fun. Uh, and so that's a good option for anybody who's, you know, a creative person out there who's now decided they have to step into the octagon. Anybody can do it, really. Yeah. I think everybody yeah. should try it. Yeah, and it's Super Just good for you. You get see, ripped. See what you're made of. <laughs> yeah. You're made of way more. I think people can do anything. I just feel like I'm gonna get in there and be like, I'm just way too high for this right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Make sure. Yeah. Wait. Wait till after. Wait till it's after. A, it's good for your. It helps with the inflammation later. Yeah. After your shower. Yeah. Get that Epsom bath salts. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks a lot, and um, I'll talk to you all again um, here in just like three seconds. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Out.